Please remain standing for the reading of God's word. This morning, our reading comes from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. If you're in need of a Bible this morning, you can look to the aisle. Our ushers have some available for you. And if you do not own a Bible at home, you can take one of those with you today. It's our gift. If you have one of those Bibles, the ushers just handed out. We're on page 918, and you can follow along as I read. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we just give thanks for this morning and the ability to gather uh, here in this place and worship you. I just ask that you be with Kobe as he preaches words uh, that we just uh, heard right now. Just let them speak to us, and may we receive them and just take them into our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Church, you may have a seat. I'm excited to have the opportunity to preach um, this morning. Um, if you guys don't know who I am, my name is Kobe Bartolucci. I am the uh, worship leader here at Mission Valley Church. My wife, Bailey, led y'all in that first song. She'll be leading worship this morning. I was just behind her playing guitar. Um, um, Bailey does a, a fantastic job, doesn't she? She sounds so good. And that, and that new song, um, I've been really excited. Um, I went over to my, uh, my father-in-law's house, Bailey's dad's house, Brian, who planted Valley Life Church, which planted Mission Valley Church. Brian's the guy who led Mike to, to lead the um, led Mike to plant this church uh, and to lead the church that he's planted. So um, I went over to his house one day a couple weeks ago, and uh, he, was, he had some words in his head, um, I am a son, not a slave, and, and we talked about uh, writing into a song. So that night, we just spent the rest of the family night that we spent together writing a new song. Um, and we were really happy with it. We think it's cool. Um, and uh, it's exactly what kind of Brian was thinking about. Um, and the idea for that um, for that song came from Galatians chapter 3, which is very closely related to today's scripture, which I'm really excited to preach about, and it's why we're singing that song this morning. Now, before I get started, uh, elephant in the room, I'm not Pastor Mike Lee. So if you're here and you were expecting to see uh, Mike this morning, um, don't worry, Mike's fine, um, but just so you guys know, he did uh, have to have surgery over the weekend. So he had surgery and got his gallbladder removed. He's doing okay. He's been texting us. He's in good spirits, joking around like Mike does. Um, so he's doing just fine. He wishes he could be there, here this morning, um, but he, he, even if he could, he, he couldn't get on stage and preach. So he tagged me in last week when he found out that he had to have surgery, um, and I get to preach um, this morning. And I'm going to keep preaching through our series, Ephesians Kingdom Come. So just because I'm preaching, we're not stopping the series. Uh, we're going to keep going through um, this same series. Okay, so um, I think that's all the business to take care of, and now we can get into Ephesians. Um, before I read, uh, I'm going to read the beginning of Ephesians again to start us off, but before that, I want to talk about the way that our world is today. And if you haven't noticed, our world tends to be really, really divisive these days. Um, for some reason, we, um, whether, it's, whether you like to do it or not, we as people um, on this earth, love to divide ourselves, and we love to place each other into these boxes, or we kind of happily fit ourselves into those, into those same boxes. Those boxes might look like conservative, liberal. People tend to tie, uh, hold on really tightly 
to those identities. Um, am, you know, do you vote Republican? Do you vote Democrat? And people who um, might have opinions that may not line up with whatever box somebody created, those opinions and, and those, those things tend to get closed into the box anyway. And it's really hard to escape these identities that we create for ourselves. Um, if you want to get a little bit more controversial, we have vaxxers and non-vaxxers, people who are jabbed who aren't jabbed. And that, that creates a lot of problems in um, not just interpersonal relationships, but just public discourse. A lots, lots of media has been, uh, a lots of time and money has been spent talking about um, how evil one side or the other is of just whether or not you want to get a shot. And uh, growing up, I heard a lot of homeschoolers, public schoolers, you know, are the homeschoolers really as weird as we say or, or, or not? And, or are the public schoolers kind of crazy because they can, you know, they have, you know, public, they're public schoolers, you know? Um, I was one, so I'm, I'm just messing around. I was a public schooler too. Nothing against homeschoolers, thinking about homeschooling my, my son, who knows. Um, and working, home, working at home, or working moms and staying at home moms is another um, uh, box that people tend to fit in, and it has become um, somewhat of a difficult topic, um, not just in our house, but just kind of in the church in general, but especially in our house. Bailey has a really great job being an engineer, and she loves it, and she, but she loves her kids and thinks a lot, like, I, I want to stay home with my kids, but, but I also like to work. How do I balance this? And it's really hard, and there's a lot of pressure from the public to kind of pick and choose one, and people don't really let you live in just who you are. They want you to put you in one box or another. And the world treats these boxes as if they're inescapable. There's no sharing between two different groups um, that we deem to be separate. And we can see that people are trying to isolate um, their, group, their own group of people. We call this a bubble. You're trying to make, uh, people try to create a bubble for themselves. And um, people are calling to have certain opinions or ideas erased from websites or social media or workplaces. And in other words, they want to get rid of people who, uh, are, who they deem to be in a different box than them, and they kind of want to separate themselves from them, and they want to isolate. In fact, that has gotten so bad that when I talked to Pastor Mike this week, he said, he's in construction, he's a, he's, he runs a construction company, and he knows that there's community planners out there who are planning communities so, <laughs> aimed at people uh, who are like-minded living together. So because you can um, uh, work from home now, you don't need to worry about you know, where you live as much. You can pick and choose where you live pretty precisely. So they're starting to create communities, for example, for conservatives and a community for liberals. And you can pretty quickly see how bad something like this can get, where these community planners are saying, well, if you're this type of person, you can live here. Mike said, he thought the worst, he said, one day soon, they're going to have a community full of U of A fans. So, it, that's what he told me. So, that was Mike's words, Mike's words, Mike's words right there. So, um, but in all seriousness, though, it, it, I see it getting to a really, really, like, serious um, point. Uh, it sounds like we're going back to something like racial segregation. It sounds like people are separating to the point of, like, you're going to be so tied into this identity that you're... You, not only don't you want to hang out with other people, but people are calling others evil because of opinions or thoughts that they have. It's getting really bad. And we, I think we all have seen this and, and see it happen. And heck, some of us, whether we like to admit it or not, participate in this sometimes more than we'd like to say. Now we, as a church, 
we pray as we learn. Actually, I happened to preach a sermon on the Lord's Prayer not too long ago. We pray a lot for God's kingdom to come to this earth. God's kingdom, heaven, looks exactly the opposite of what I am describing our world is like today. It is a sole focus on the one thing that we have in common, and that's Jesus. And our differences are erased. Those differences aren't boxes in God's kingdom. Those are the, the beauty of God's diverse creation. And, the, and then despite those differences, we get to come together um, in Jesus. That's the cool part of God's kingdom, not the evil one. It's the differences that we have. And despite those, we get to come together. So, and when we come together, God builds us, you and I, the people that are here, into the church. And that's the big idea for today's sermon. God builds us into the church. So I'm going to start by reading the first couple verses of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 13, right now. Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands, Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So, so what is Paul saying here? One, those are, that was like two sentences, that whole thing. That first part felt like it was three different sentences, but it was one. It was one big sentence that he was saying. So what's he saying in that one big sentence? Um, one, he talks about Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? And if you don't know, you, uh, back in the Old Testament, um, Jews, which were go- deemed God's people, had laws that they followed, which marked them as different from the rest of the world. Circumcision was one which he mentions here. That was one way they were marked. Um, and they had laws that marked them too. And those laws were rooted in wisdom. For example, their food laws, um, that ensured that they ate clean meat and that, they, and that meat wouldn't make them sick. Now, there's other reasons. Like, I'm not going to go into all the reasons. This could be one sermon. I was doing the research for this thinking, man, this is going to be, if I'm not careful here, I could, I could go for a long time about Jews and Gentiles. Um, but the idea is that the laws, they were rooted in wisdom to keep them safe, but also to mark them to be different than the rest of the world. The Jews were marked as God's people, and the Gentiles were, were everybody else in the world who were not under this law. So how are you Jewish? Well, you're just kind of born into a family that's Jewish. So you don't really have an option. You just are born into a Jewish family. And anyone not born into a Jewish family, they knew that there was something different about um, the Jewish people. And they knew that they couldn't simply become Jewish even if they wanted to be. Uh, it'd be like asking, hey, how can I uh, become part of your family? I, I, I mean, you could marry somebody in my family. If you weren't born into it already, I could adopt you as a son. That, that's a way that you could be in our family. But that's about it. Other than being born into it, you have marriage and, and adoption. Um, so when you were a gentle, Gentile, a gentle, uh, when you were a Gentile, people thought, if you, if you were a Gentile, you'd think, um, you wouldn't think like, oh, I wonder if they'd adopt me into my family. Instead, as Paul said here, it said you had no hope and without God in the world. You, having no hope. These people thought, and we know the truth, that there's a way to be, to be part of God's kingdom, and that's through Jesus. But they thought, well, I can't be part of that family, so I don't have any hope here. They felt alienated. They were separated from God, um, and that's the way that they thought. They were separated from God's people, and they were far away from God. And Paul is explaining that now that Jesus is here, he brings anyone who will believe into the kingdom of God. Those who, 
who were far are now near, and those who were outside of God's house, he has opened the door for, if they can believe. You see, God opens the door for anyone. The door is open. Anyone can come in to his house. It's open. There's no uh, limit as to who can come in. And then there's a question of, do you believe that Jesus, can you believe that Jesus died for you? And if you can, then you're, you can be part of the family too. So the, so the first point I want to, to, to make is that uh, God opens the door for anyone. Anyone who can believe, the door is open for you. So we know that God has opened the door for anyone who can believe to come in. Let's read the next part of uh, Ephesians. Um, chapter 2, verse 14. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two. Whoops, lost my spot. So making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. So we feel like I said in the beginning, this hostility that Paul is talking about constantly in our day-to-day life, this divisiveness, this you need to be in this box or that box, this identity is so, so much more important than anything else that we are going to not associate with you because of it. That's the hostility that Paul is talking about. It looks different today than it did back then, sort of. Not that much different. You know, you had Jews, Gentiles. There was hostility between them. And not only did God let those who were far uh, away come close to him he made the jews and gentiles anyone who would believe one he made them the same there is now no difference between them two were made one once we believe we are one body the church is described as a body not as many bodies and we are the church we are the body and each of us are the children of god but god sees jesus's righteousness in each of us so our judgment is in one man and that's jesus so if you were a gentile or a Jew, and you believe in Jesus, it doesn't, all that stuff just doesn't matter anymore. Zero. Matters zero. Are you a man or a woman? Who cares? You're one in Jesus. Are you a Jew or a Gentile? Who cares? You're one in Jesus. Are you a Republican or Democrat? Who cares? You're one in Jesus. If you believe in Jesus, it just doesn't matter anymore. And if you hold on to, well, what, the, what, the, but this thing that they say, it doesn't matter. If they believe, they are one with you in Jesus. And we can get stuck, and I can get stuck too, on certain things that we might disagree on. And I bet that not all of us in this room agree on everything um, that even, that even the Bible says and how we interpret it. We might have disagreements there, but, but there's one thing we agree on, and that's that Jesus died on the cross, and he rose again for our sins, and that's why we're here. Amen? Yeah. So, um, so my second key point from this, um, from this section is that God makes us the same. If you believe. Now, if you're in this room and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who Jesus is. I don't know what you're talking about. One, here, stick with me to the end. I got some good news for you. Two, um, you have an opportunity and you will have an opportunity and you'll know what that means um, to, to be the same as us and to be part of this same family. And I just want you to hear uh, what Paul has to say in the rest of this scripture. So let me go to um, verse 17, verses 17 through 19. Paul said, And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. 
So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Oh, whoops, I skipped ahead. <laughs> but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. I'm going to end right there. I'll, I'll do verse 20 next. Okay, so God welcomes those near and far into his house. We've already established that God opens the door for anyone who will believe. The door's wide open. And that's really good news. But the best news is you and I are adopted into God's family. Your name is gone, and God has given you a new name. He put your feet, you can put your feet under the table, and because you're part of the family now, you can uh, join us here on a Sunday and feel like you're part of this thing that we have here, this church, you're part of the church, you're part of this family. That's, this is the, the song that we sang this morning. I am a son, not a slave. He's taken my shame, gave me his name, my new name. This is the new name. The new name isn't just, you know, when you get married or adopted into a family, you just have a, a new last name. It's not quite like that. It's more than that. Um, you're not just, uh, you're not just, um, part of something with, it's like, instead of just being, hey, I, hey, I adopted you, and now, so if I, if I take my son, uh, my soon-to-be son, hopefully, Dean, um, who we hope to adopt, when we adopt him, he'll become Dean Bartolucci. Scratch that. In God's family, not only are you um, a, a new uh, creation and one in Christ, you are a son and an heir of the kingdom of God. You are as God sees you in, in your righteousness, Jesus. He sees Jesus in you, and we are all that son. We are the son in his eyes. We are all heirs of the kingdom of God. That's why we sing in that song, I am a son, not a slave. Not, I am a child, or I am a, I'm a son, or a daughter. We sing son because it means something different. In, in the context of this time, a, the firstborn son of a family gets the stuff from his dad. His dad uh, his dad's inheritance goes to that first son. And so we are being compared to, and we are being told that we are um, sons and heirs of the kingdom of God, not just children. Um, so we are adopted into God's family. Um, my point number three from this section is that God makes us part of his family. So he opens the door for anyone, and if anyone can believe, um, he makes us the same. Those who believe he makes us the same, and he makes us part of his family. And we are co-heirs with Christ, heirs of the kingdom of God. <clears throat> and when, we, when you join a new family, um, it, like I said before, you kind of have just a couple of options. You can get married or you, or you can be adopted. Um, when I got married to Bailey, um, uh, you know, I met her here. I met, first I met Brian, her dad, because I went to his church. And one day, Bailey came to one of the services because she was helping plant a different church. And, and I got to meet Bailey. Um, we hit it off, as they say. We went on a few dates. And, uh, and, you know, less than a year later, we were getting married. And I didn't go to, to church one day and say, I wonder how I become part of Brian's family. <laughs> and that's not what I thought. I didn't think, I want to be, be part of Brian's family. And how the heck could I do that? Brian, will you adopt me? No, no, okay, well, maybe I should marry his daughter. No, it was like, it was like I met Bailey, and I just knew that I wanted to marry, marry Bailey. And now that I married Bailey, 
I am part of the family, and I'm, I, can no, I can be no more part of the family um, no matter what I do. Now I am part of the family, and there's no changing that, and I'm as much part of the family as anyone in that family now that I'm married. I'm still Kobe, and you know things have changed over time, but I'm still Kobe, but I'm part, I'm part of that family. And when Dean, uh, the, the baby boy, if you don't know, who um, we're, uh, Bailey and I are fostering a baby boy, we're hoping to adopt him soon. Um, and if the courts say we can, we will. Uh, so we're gonna adop- we want to adopt this baby boy. And when Dean, whose name is currently Dean Eagle, is adopted into our family, he'll become Dean Bartolucci. He'll be part of our family. He'll be as much my son as Andrew is. And we're excited for that day if it does come. So you and I, were just people walking around. And if you can believe in Jesus, it- it's like God's opening the door and saying, hey, come to dinner. Hey, I want to adopt you. And you could just say like, Okay, cool. I'm down. I'll be adopted into your family too. And the way you say, yes, I want to be adopted is just saying, yeah, I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe that you sent your son to save me. And that's all we need to do. There's not really anything he asks of us. The door is open. Come on in. And if you can believe, you're part of this family too. So God makes us part of his family. And here's the most exciting part in my opinion. Um, I'm going to read uh, verses 20 to 22. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So, we're part of God's family, but I think this is the most exciting part. You're, you're part of God's family, and you're, you know, whoever you are, you're, the, you're a person. Bailey's Bailey, Kobe's Kobe. However, we know that we're one in Christ. And um, here we find out that God is building something through us. So we are, um, we all have these identities that the world gives us. We all have identities that we even hold on to pretty tightly. We tend to say, like, I'm a man or a woman. Um, I am... Uh, a husband or a wife, or I am a mom or a dad, and all these things um, are not valueless, and they're not unimportant. But this part of uh, the letter that Paul is writing to the Ephesians is saying that that thing that you are is far less important than the corporate identity that you now have as the church. God is not just saying you're part of my family. He is building you up. We talk about this a lot. You know, as, as you're a Christian, you will uh, be discipled and grow and become more like Jesus. And that's not just be, to make you cool or good. It's not to make you better. I mean, it kind of is, right? To make, it's nice that God is making you better. But he's building you into, uh, into something better so that you can be part of something better than yourself. So he's building us into the church. Christ Jesus is the cornerstone of the structure that that Paul's describing here. Jesus is the thing holding our church together, our church, us. God is building us up into one thing. All of us in this room, if you are a member of this church, if you believe that Jesus died for your sins, if you're a Christian and you're here this morning, you call this place your church, you're part of this thing that God is building together through us. That's why God is building us up. He's building us up into a church. And that's why us gathering here together this morning is really important. It's not just, oh, it's the best way to, you know, 
make sure people are reading their Bible or something. It's, it's so that we, we know, oh, well, God is doing something with us. He's building something that's bigger than us together. What Paul is describing here, he says, in him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. We're not being built up so that God can live in just us. We're being built up together so that God can live in us together. It's really important that we gather as a church. It's really important that we are here, physically here together as a church. COVID struck a couple years ago and kind of forced us all online. And we all agree that was not the most fun time ever to be part of a church. It was really hard. We couldn't be together. Why did that feel so wrong? Well, Paul's clear here. It's because God has made it so that we can come together to build something. Being in person here at church is one of the more important things that you can do as a Christian. It's important that you read your Bible. It's important that you become more like Jesus and that you um, follow his commandments. And it's important that that you tell your friends about Jesus. I'd argue maybe that's the most important thing we can do is tell our friends about Jesus. But man, coming here together in the church, once you tell your friends, what do you do? You bring them here. You don't just say like, all right, cool, I'm glad you believe, good luck. No, now become part of this church so that we can be built together. And I think the opportunity that we have right now as Mission Valley Church is exceptional. It's kind of incredible. Um, We have, if you... If you're new around here, if you haven't been here for a few weeks, if, if you just haven't heard much about this yet, we have an opportunity, um, and we've met the, uh, or our elders have met the elders from North, um, Northern Hills Community Church, um, not too far from here, just on Union Hills. And we are working on merging our church body with their church body and becoming one church body. For us, that's fantastic because we don't have to set up and tear down every week here at the school. We get to go to a new um, big building that they have, which is awesome. For them, they've had, um, they just haven't had a pastor in a long time. And for them, it's a blessing that Mike has come in and been able to talk to them about the vision that he has here at Mission Valley and to share it with them. And they've gotten excited about this vision too. I got to meet with the worship leader this week. Um, his name's Donnie from their church. Donnie's fantastic. Um, I already love him to death. He's, he was a blast to talk to and to hang out with. He let us have practice at their, at their church last week, which was exciting. Uh, it was fun. We got to learn a little bit of a new sound system. Um, and I got to meet some other people who make that church tick, a guy named Jim. He came in to fix a garbage disposal in a sink. Nobody asked him to. Nobody knew he, why he was coming there. He just had a brand new dis- gar- garbage disposal in a box and replaced the one that was there because he noticed it needed fixed. I mean, these people love that church, and they're so excited to see Mike um, as a leader and just this opportunity that God has provided us and them. And we get to see um, two people who have a lot of differences. We will find that there's people there who have opinions about how things should be done, and we here have opinions about how things should be done. We, We have this order of service that we have for reasons, and they might say, I don't really like that, and that's fine. We'll figure it out, and the important thing is that we become one in Jesus, not one in, you know, doing worship the right way. This, this doesn't matter that much. None of this stuff that makes us Northern Hills Community Church or Mission Valley Church, that stuff just, it's just not as important as the identity that we have in Christ. And God, or, and, and Paul is, that's what Paul's talking about here. I want to read from Galatians chapter 3 um, before I close out this morning. Galatians chapter 3, starting in verse 26, it's 26 to 29. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. 
For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. You are all, in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God. If you are here this morning and you believe, you are a son. And you are an heir of the kingdom of God. And what God does in you is, God does, he does great works in you in order that you will be built up with other Christians into a church. That's what he has for you. He doesn't have for you to go do your own thing and it's really cool. He also, it's really important that we remember that if we go on our own and do, do things um, we, that we deem, heck, we could even go and, and tell everybody we know about Jesus ourselves. But man, you need, to, you need to go and get with other Christians who believe what you believe. You need to be poured into by them and pour into them. It's very important. You're not going to be able to do it on your own. Long enough on your own, you're going to fail. You're just going to fail. God, doesn't, God has not designed it that way for you to go be on your own. He has designed it for you to be here and be part of a church. Whether it's this church or another church, that, that part I'm not as concerned with. I'm happy. I'm so glad that if you are here and you call this your church, I'm glad that you do. And I know we have visitors from another church, from Valley Life Toronto here this morning. And they're part of Valley Life Toronto, but they have to come and visit us this morning. And that's exciting. But, but they call Valley Life Toronto their church. They can come in here and join us, but that's their church. And this is Mission Valley Church. And if you're part of Mission Valley Church, that is what God has for us, to be part of a church. And if you were here this morning and you don't, you don't know what if you're part of a family, if you're the family of God, if you're part of a church at all, um, or you just don't know what I'm talking about, or you, don't, you know that you don't believe in Jesus. You might, you might know exactly what I'm talking about, and you just might say, I don't really believe that this is true. All that I have for you this morning is God's door is open, and if you can believe, heck, you're already here. You've come into the house of God this morning. And you're at the table with us. This is our family dinner that we have every week. You're here with us at dinner. That doesn't mean you're part of the family. You know, somebody comes over for dinner, they're not now a Bartolucci. But they're hanging out with us, they're, they're spending time with us, and that's what we want. And we want to, you to be here, we want to pour into you. And I would say that if you hear this news and you think it's good this morning, if you say, you know what, I think I have sinned, and I need to be forgiven of that sin. Well, here's, here's, the, here's what God has for you this morning. Um, he sent his son Jesus, who I've talked about many times this sermon. He sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And when Jesus died on the cross, he was in a tomb for three days and rose again. And now he's alive. Now that Jesus is alive, we have reason to sing. We have reason to sing that we can believe in this good news and be saved. And now God says because of the sacrifice he sent in his son, we can share in the righteousness that Jesus had. Jesus lived a sinless life so that we could be forgiven of our sins. So if you're here this morning and you can believe that that story is true and you say, I want to be adopted into this family, 
man, I would love for you to come talk to me after we're done singing this morning um, and talk to me about that. I would love to let you know what it would mean to be part of this family, um, the family of God. And, and right as we, as we end here, we're going to sing together. And we're going to sing that new song, My New Name. And hey, if you don't believe this morning, if you feel like, I don't, I don't think I have a new name yet, man, I would encourage you, just as you would come into someone's house and eat dinner with them, man, sing with us. Sing those words. See how they feel. Do you believe what you're saying? And if you do, you can be saved this morning and you can become part of God's family. You can be adopted into God's family. Let me pray. Jesus, I thank you for this morning that we um, got together. That the family got to come together as we do every week. Thank you for the opportunity that we always have to sing. God, I pray this morning as we as we sing together, as we walk out of here later, Lord God, that we'd remember that we're not being built up just for ourselves, but we are being built up into the church. God, pray that you would use each and every one of us to build your church. And pray that we would be excited to go tell our friends that they can be part of this family too. God, give us joy in the good news that you have for us. And give us desire to go tell our friends. God, just bless our church. As we grow, as we welcome um, new members into the family, Lord God, just pray that we would um, remember why we're here. That you get sent your son to die for, die for us. And that he rose again. And that we can be saved. Thank you, Lord God, for your sacrifice and for your grace. In Jesus' name, amen.